All right, Rad Dads, and we're back for another episode. I'm Rob. And I'm Sal. And tonight we have a special guest. Yes, our special guest tonight is Dr. Stephanie Ryan. She's a PhD, is a chemist, and is a boy mom and a social media influencer who enjoys using her background to create superior educational products and content. Although an academic at heart, Dr. Stephanie is passionate about learning through play. She can be found helping young kids explore the fascinating world around them. Over the years, Dr. Stephanie has taught science to all groups, both in and out of the classroom, helping toddlers learn about their world and college students define theirs. She is an active member of the chemistry education community and is currently a committee member of the International Activities Committee for the Division of Chemical Education. Dr. Stephanie earned her PhD in the learning sciences and her MS in analytical chemistry from the University of Illinois in Chicago. She earned her BS in chemistry from St. Mary's College for great learning activities in sciences, book recommendations, and more. You should absolutely follow Dr. Stephanie on Instagram and on TikTok for her latest experiments. You can find her at Let's Learn About Science. That is for both on TikTok and on Instagram. Thanks, Sal. Now let's join the guys for the interview. How are you doing, Stephanie? Welcome to the show. <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you guys? Good, good. So let's get right into it. Stephanie, how many kids do you have and what are their ages? I have one son and he turns five next week. Oh, wow. All right. Five-year-old. How does being a mother affect your you personally and professionally? Well, I've always been in education, so chemistry education, science education, but being a mom really changed the way I viewed it because I was now viewing it not as an expert, but through the eyes of someone learning it. Um, so with my son, watching him go through things and learn them and sort and categorize and just explore the world around him, it's really changed how I view a lot of science and how I help explain it to other people. So I, I take it you like science. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I well, think that, we all do. We just, that, science gets a bad rap. <laughs> that, that leads to the next question. Can you tell our listeners a little, a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So I am, I guess you'd call me a STEM influencer. It's a person who is on Instagram or TikTok sharing experiments with parents so that they can do these things at home with their kids too. So during the pandemic, I realized that I was not cut out to be a preschool teacher because <laughs> I was teaching preschool at home to my son. And I remember reaching out to a preschool teacher and she was telling me that a lot of the things that they teach kids are actually just things we do normally and not to put so much pressure on yourself to make it like a classroom. And I thought to myself, if I'm an educator and I'm having this much trouble with this, other parents must be too. And I thought, how could I help? And we started this account and we share experiments and failures. Um, anytime I make a mistake, I post those of like where an experiment goes awry or if it took me several tries um, and things like that or questions that I might ask uh, to help parents keep that conversation going at home. So what is STEM and or STEAM? So STEM is science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And if you add the A for STEAM, it's art. Aha. I, I hear some people say STEM and I hear some people say STEAM. 
Yeah, I think STEAM started picking up probably in the last 10 years of including that in there as well, um, because science has the creative aspect to it and allowing the art component in there really helps with that. Makes sense. How old do your children need to be to learn about STEM? They just need to have been born. <laughs> so, um, you can start reading. I mean, kids, we read them books. They don't necessarily understand it in the beginning, but the books have colorful pictures, things for them to point at, and you're speaking with them and you're interacting with them. And that's what's important. So they can be one day old and you can give them a science book. Um, of course, you want to give them a science book that's developmentally appropriate for a small child. Um, um, you don't want to hand them like a textbook because that would be overwhelming. But um, so there's, I think science is really magical to kids and they don't need to explain it at the at the highest level. It, that's not what the goal is. So like I have one with me, I have an experiment that is really easy and you could do this with any age kid. It's just oil and food coloring with water and an Alka-Seltzer tablet and you can make a lava lamp. Like, oh, that is, Look at that. this is science and like this could be entertaining to lots of different ages and different ages could explain it in different ways or your one year old could just stare at it and go ooh pretty you know like so it, it doesn't have to be it's intense as you make it. Um, and so I think that one of the things I like to tell parents is that you have lived a life. That your child hasn't lived yet and you are much more of an expert than you think you are so like you know that ice cubes melt out in the heat you know that where they don't know that and so if you think about things at that level you actually can teach them things even if you're not a scientist well, that makes sense i don't think i ever showed my kids how ice melted you know i can guarantee you if my oldest daughter is listening that experiment that she's gonna showed, happen tomorrow She's she's going to wonder, Dad, where's the Alka-Seltzer? And I'm going to know exactly why. <laughs> my, well, my, have my her old, add glitter, too, and it gets really cool looking. <laughs> my oldest daughter, she's always tinkering. She's always building stuff and messing around. It's it's Sometimes it's, it's awesome to watch, but other times it's like, <sighs> you're taking all this stuff out and you don't put, she leaves it all over the place, but it, it's definitely fun to watch. So what, what is the correct way to adjust your, your children's responses if they're wrong? Like if, if they're doing something and you know it's the, the wrong uh, answer, how do you adjust them or guide them lightly so they get to the right answer? That one is really tricky for me to do as a parent um, because when my son says something that's like utterly ridiculous in his explanation and I want to correct him and say, no, that, that makes no sense. Uh, like one time when he was really small, he wanted to make popsicles and he thought we could put them outside on a hot day. And I was like, that's not how this works. And instead of saying, no, that's insane, use the freezer. I said, you know what, let's try it with an ice cube tray first. Um, and I let him try it. The water evaporated and he was like, okay, that's wrong. <laughs> um, and then he tested it out a few different ways and then got to the fact that it was a freezer he needed. And that stuck with him better because then he was able to talk about rain and snow turning into snow because it froze like it did in the freezer and i never had to tell i didn't teach him that that was just him applying this thing that he had figured out himself so i think 
it all fixes itself in the end. Um, they, they keep living life and having things that don't match the way they're thinking about it. And then they rebuild that mental model that they have. Um, so it'll get there and it may feel insane to let them think that, I don't know, that boy butterflies lay eggs or something like that. Like <laughs> that they think that, but you can help them work through that. <laughs> How I interpret that is that it's more of a scientific or scientist methodology is like, all right, experiment. It's not right. All right. What did we do wrong? Let's figure it out. You know, what's our hypothesis? Let's move on to the next thing. But how do you build their confidence along with that approach? You really celebrate the wins, um, even when they're small. This is the way I do it, is that, wow, that was great, or good connection there, just highlighting that. Um, the other thing I do is I highlight when I don't do it right, um, because I know that's another thing that's hard as a parent, right? You want your child to think of you as this authority figure who's always right. And you're not always right. <laughs> it's hard to admit, especially in front of your kid. And so it's, I, I highlight it like, oh, wow, mommy made a mistake here. Let's see what I did. And then I show a model for him how I might work through that. Or I am having to accept when I don't know an answer and we Google it. <laughs> and I'll say, you know, that's great. I don't really know the answer to that. Let's check. Um, and we actually started a series last week that is um, questions my son asked me on the way to daycare that I didn't know the answer to and had to look up. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's, um, it, it's laughing at like learning more. I mean, we all like as adults, we hire people we need who are experts to help us out with things. And I don't know why we don't do that in our daily lives. when we have a question, like, uh, instead of just like making up something or just not learning it, just look it up. <laughs> I almost feel like that's, that's because that's how our parents were, right? They didn't have Alexa. They didn't have the um, Google Siri or Google. No. So they just would always respond with the, with some sort of response. And maybe that's a little bit reactionary. And that, that's a good point is, is take a pause and then think it through. And then, yeah, ask Alexa, Siri, Google, whoever, whatever AI you have. So now. Well, and I think that kids are now more likely to do that. So like when my son doesn't know something, he says, let's ask Siri. And so like to him, not knowing an answer isn't as painful in his soul as it is to like when I don't know an answer when someone asks me a question. <laughs> See, but to me that my like my oldest if she, if she if she gets something wrong her her quickest thing is to do is ask alexa or siri instead of dissecting it and understanding why it was a failure or why it was wrong her easy way out is is to ask ai which sometimes annoys me so i tell her okay you got something wrong Let's let's reverse the steps that you first took. Let's try to identify, okay, this works, this works, this works. Oh, here we go. This is where this step was messed up. So, yes, I like Siri. I like Alexa for certain things. But when it comes to other things where I know that she can use her brain and say, okay, you know, let me reverse my steps. Let me really look into this and let me figure out where I went wrong. That, that is what I want her to do. But sometimes, you know. So let me ask you a question, Sal. So sorry, Stephanie. My son, right, who's 
10 years old. Gotta think about that for a second. <laughs> he was doing, he's playing Scrabble by himself today because, because oh, wow. we played Scrabble the last couple of nights. So he's like, all right, let me figure out the words. So he puts void down. Is void a word in the English language? V O Y? Yes. I've never used it in my life. Exactly. The only, the only way I know of it being used is in Spanish class. Yes. But it is a word. It is um, adolescent male or something like that. How did he know that? He asked Alexa. <laughs> so I'm saying, like, in that case, it makes sense. It's it taught like, him a new word. Yeah. Which so is he, perfect. So he asked my wife, and I was like, I, I don't think so. I was like, that's a Spanish word. And he asked Alexa, and they're like, no, it's a word in the English dictionary. I was like, well, I guess I learned something today. <laughs> so I, I think there's pros and cons, right? We're living I, in a I world agree. where AI is, like, all over the place. Yes, I agree. But well, and I think too, with the so we can add YouTube in there, like videos and things like that. So that could help help understand a step that you're missing by looking at a process like or an experiment that you could do at home to replicate to help you figure that out. So I think there's definitely like the websites that just step you through math problems. Like, no, those aren't, that's, that's the kind of AI we don't want. That's exactly. cheating, but the kind that can really help you make connections to other knowledge that you have or other information. I think that those are really useful tools that I'm, I'm excited to see what people do with them in the future. Yeah, I agree. How do you recommend our listeners teach their kids about science without it becoming overwhelming and or too expensive? Use the things in your kitchen. Um, so baking soda and vinegar are very cheap. You could buy a giant jug of vinegar for like $1.50 and it does a lot of experiments. Um, and letting them plan their own experiments. So what are we trying to look at here? What's our hypothesis? Um, so if you do baking soda and vinegar in a bowl, how do you know what was in the bubbles? Is there any way for us to test that? Like asking those kinds of questions um, and then finding out what they're interested in. So I know during the pandemic doing um, the pre-K stuff at home, I, I would ask my son like, hey, what are we interested in right now? You know, and one day it was bugs. And so we like dug holes in the yard and found worms and talked about worms and what they do for the soil. And you just, you go through the different parts like that. And they're using the science to help answer questions that they've got, not reading a book of facts that's like, this is science and nothing changes. So letting them get hands-on and, and, and touching and feeling and, and doing it themselves. And explaining, being able to like look at it and try to do something with it. Um, so I did this cool demo, but I didn't tell you what happened. So the, the talking about like, why did it do that? Was there a bubble? What was in the bubble and things like that, like getting that, that thought process going, especially really young will help them in school later. So if a student can, say your five-year-old, can do solids, liquids, and gases, they can tell the difference between those three things, they're going to understand chemical and physical changes when they're older. Very, it'll happen easier for them. That is that is uh, definitely a different way of, of uh, looking at it and, and expecting them to, to, to explain it and the, question, and the questions that, that to ask. That is, uh, that is pretty cool. I never thought about that, to be honest. No, neither <laughs> have I. Different way of, uh, different way of thinking it, of thinking of how to 
approach it. So how does that carry over to uh, to older kids as they reach their preteens and teens? Does it, does it carry over that learning um, as, as they mature in age? I think so. Um, I think you can make engineering tasks out of a lot of things. So um, like on a nice hot sunny day, you could see who could make a better solar oven to make s'mores and it becomes a contest and then they have to figure that out or who could build a better greenhouse to grow plants this summer on summer break or stuff like that. So you could always turn it into a competition and then you get the 10 to 14 year olds geeked out for it. (laughs) (laughs) You always got to make it into a competition, especially in my house. I I have three girls. You have oh yeah, great. definitely competition there. <laughs> yes, absolutely. How do parents undertake those those competitions or or even activities? Is there a website? Is there textbooks? What would you advise? There are a ton of resources out there, and I would suggest googling it um, if there's something you're thinking about. If like for that age group, so let's say you've got a ten year old, be like bug activities for 10 year olds and you could find things like that and then there are people like me out there who have entire accounts dedicated to experiments that you can message them and ask questions or you could say hey i i found this and i'm not really sure what to do and you can work with people on it and they step it out for you and there are blogs dedicated to it so i think that I just really want parents to know this resource exists, that it's not just even my resource. I want people out there for all the resources. There are just so many websites to get ideas to things to do, just like recipes, they're experiment ideas to do in your kitchen. That's awesome. And for your accounts, are are you very responsive if someone reaches out to you with questions? Yeah, um, it's Let's Learn About Science on TikTok and Instagram. And then the website is letslearnaboutscience.com. And yeah, no, I actually, people will tag me in a question um, in a story and then I'll respond. um, Or I'll say, could you send that to me as a video and then I'll do a response to it. And so we can get that going. Because I really want people to see that science is it's not just facts in a book. It's something that we can figure out and it's still ongoing. Like people are learning new things about science every day. And so I want them to, I want kids to see that. So um, if I can reach out to an expert who I can talk to and have a live interview with or something, that would be great. You know, what are the top three most entertaining and fun activities to do with the kids STEM wise? Okay, off the top of my head. One, I think the solar oven with the s'mores is a real crowd pleaser. Definitely. Um, That one's really good. Um, I'm planning on doing that one again soon with different candy bars to see if their melting points are different (laughs) because I had to get really nerdy about it. Um, I think the fireworks in a glass, that one was really popular this summer. Um, You just use food coloring water and oil and it um the food coloring starts to disperse into the water and it makes like a firework pattern and it's really pretty to watch um and then the the lava lamp this is a crowd pleaser um you can add pop rocks to this and glitter and it makes it more fireworky and kids like it and then when you're done with it you can put the lid back on and it becomes a sensory bottle 
your kids are pretty you're they're older so i don't know if this this is a newer thing but the sensory bottles with like glitter to help calm kids down because then they just like watch it and it oh no i could use that <laughs> Yeah, Rob can use that. I could use that. <laughs> Never mind my kids. <laughs> we have a ton of these around because every time I do this, I save it. And it's, um, but if you put the glitter and things in there, it really does. Cause then you focus on this and it calms you down. And so it's like, you're not wasting it. And it was cool. And you can keep dropping Alka-Seltzer in here all day and it will just keep going. <laughs> so what's not the... a good use for Pop Rocks now? Yes, me too. Cause I hate them. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a big fan of candy and anything that comes in my house. From like birthday parties that ends up in the garbage typically so or my house i didn't even house. know pop rocks were still a thing until i was trying to make this a little noisier uh because i had a few comments from older kids that this would be cooler if it had some popping sounds and someone suggested pop rocks and they're like wait that's still a thing <laughs> <laughs> so it, the uh, fireworks in a glass food coloring water and oil what's the ratio um so it's a very little amount of oil and you take one drop of blue food coloring and one drop of red and you shake it so or stir it i usually do it in like a little teaspoon and stir it with like a toothpick and what's going to happen is that's not going to mix and there's going to be all these little tiny dots and you're going to pour that on top of a lot of water in a bottle so like fill okay. your bottle up and it'll still have just like a tiny thin layer of oil and mostly water so it's like the opposite of this okay um yeah. And I've got that one on my TikTok too. That was actually, that one went viral. That was pretty fun. <laughs> it's nice when they go viral. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what gave you, how did you come up with the idea to write the book? Um, my son. Uh, so I already, like we've been talking, I'm, I'm a, an educator and I try to explain science to everybody and I write assessments and things like that. And I saw him playing one day and he was sorting his toys. And I thought to myself, if he can sort his toys, I bet we could talk about some other stuff because a lot of chemistry, the first uh, chapter of most books is sorting. Is this an atom or a molecule, a chemical or physical change, a solid liquid or a gas? And I was thinking like, he has a lot of toys and we could talk about it in that way of like your milk is liquid and it's wet and squishy and sloshes around and like you would be able to talk about it in this way that they could look around and start to identify what's solid liquid or gas and by being able to do that you can look at like the lava lamp and say like look i added a solid to two liquids and then a gas formed what happened there and so you know that a chemical reaction happened because you were paying attention to the ingredients that were being used um so that was how i got the idea and it just kind of it took off and it was really fun a whole nother way of thinking of things i'm gonna <laughs> yeah at, you kind of definitely like turn this on my head oh my god i'm gonna look at things <laughs> like kids what's that solid liquid or gas but it's really no it's it's really a good idea it because is. you think about it you're prepping them for not even elementary school but really like middle school and high school of where start talking about this and also it gives them another avenue besides like video games and like the tablets and and all the stuff that the kids are exposed to these days this is like really interesting it's really cool <laughs> it is really the other thing i really like about the way of looking at it this way is it also trains them to compare and contrast which is a good skill to use in anything you do 
and to use um, evidence to back up any claim you have. So you would say, you know, like in, in the book, I've got um, like three solids and one liquid or so like one of them has, I think a doll and a block and a soccer ball and they have to figure out which one's different and why. Um, and the soccer ball is different because it's filled with air, which is a gas and the others are solids. And so they get to talk about that. But sometimes kids will say the soccer ball because it's the only one that has white on it. And it's that's not a wrong answer. That one is different because of that. And great job, good observation, you know, and showing that there are multiple ways to look at things. That is, I'm definitely gonna use that. Yeah. <laughs> My kids are gonna be like, dad, what happened to you last night? <laughs> No, these, I think these are good for any ages, not only the age of your son, but like even my kids are seven and 10 and they're both boys and there's plenty, we have a Creek in our backyard and there's plenty of times they just go in, in the backyard and just come out fully caked on mud. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the first part, but like, what are they doing? Like they've seen tadpoles and what, what does that mean? And what does that turn into? And the very de definitely. A, have they caught any tadpoles yet? No, they caught a dead, they caught a fish. I'm not sure if it was dead when they found it or oh. pretty sure it was. <laughs> so I hope it was, <laughs> but it's like this much, like there's about like two inches of water running through it. Like it's not deep at all, but it's, uh, it's definitely, it's entertaining for them. So, so do you incorporate electronics into STEM or steam or how do you incorporate electronics into STEM or steam? I definitely was one of those people who, before I had a kid, was like, I'm not going to use screen time all the time. <laughs> um, and I, I held up pretty well until a pandemic. Um, and then working during the pandemic with a four-year-old at home, I I had to cave a little. So sure. <laughs> um, there are definitely some games out there. There's um, uh, it goes on iPads and Kindles. It's called Osmo. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Right. It's um, science STEM games and it teaches, it's, they play a game, but they actually don't really notice their learning at the same time. Sal's and so, what'd you say? <laughs> Sal's taking notes. Yes, I am taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's great. And so I we've got that. And then I try to do, I'm, I'm such an educator nerd. Um, I try to do lessons that go along with stuff. So. Like we did, um, what is the one of Pixar movie with emotions, Inside Out. So for Inside Out, we would talk about like, well, what kind of emotions did we have today? What color do you think our day would have ended up today? And we used water beads to make the memories and we like played games and things. So I definitely took it a step further than necessary. <laughs> But there's definitely ways to incorporate all these things um, because there are movies that have dinosaurs and you could show the dinosaurs and say, or like Jurassic Park, what is accurate about that and what is not? Like you can really like, the older they are, you could really get into some of that. <laughs> that definitely uh, good stuff. Make sure it's send that to me so I can put it all in the liner notes. Yes. <laughs> Making my job easier. <laughs> so you, you did mention before that you have a TikTok and Instagram account. You want to tell the listeners what your TikTok account name is and your Instagram? Yeah, it's let's learn about science on both. Oh. I streamlined it to make it easy. Yes, easy enough. <laughs> uh, most of the time, the content is science experiments for parents. Uh, sometimes it's just being a parent on there. Uh, <laughs> as I'm sure you know, you've got good <laughs> days and bad and you share those. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. So 
We know you're tight on time. So we just have one last question that we ask all our guests. What words of wisdom would you impart to our guests? Have faith in your own abilities that even if you are not a scientist, even if you don't like science, you don't think you do, you can do, you can teach your kids things. And it doesn't even have to be science. Anything you can teach your kids things. Um, You just learn alongside them and it's okay to make mistakes. And it's definitely different than when we were kids. And it's a different mindset. They've got growth mindset and that's not really how it came about when we were kids. Um, And I think that it's okay to learn alongside them and they're not gonna think less of you. They're gonna think you're cool because you're in the kitchen with them doing these really fun experiments. (laughs) It's true. This is true. Yeah, I agree. All right, Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yes. And we will tag you when we release it. Thank you so much. This has been great. Yes. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I have to hear how the experiment went. (laughs) Maybe we'll videotape it and send it to you. (laughs) That'd be great. I would definitely share that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Stephanie. Take care. All right. That concludes our episode with Stephanie Ryan. Tune in next time for our next episode.